there are dreams from which you don't wake up. I've got the strangest feeling in my hands. Like what? As if it didn't belong to me. I mean, my mind was telling it to do one thing, but the fingers just wouldn't respond. Let me give it to you straight, Miss Anderson. I think you are walking a very fine line. I've never been able to believe the way you can play. But I just saw a piece of that die. In other words, I'm finished. Is that what you're saying? Doctor, I want you to make it stop. I mean, my hands, something else could go any day now. I don't know when. There's got to be some method, some trick. Otherwise, this concert, any concert, how could I possibly get up on stage? I, it would be impossible. Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers, I'm JD. And I'm excited to be here. Because this is the season finale, last movie we're covering for season three of the Cannon Cruisers, Duet for One from 1986. Starring Julie Andrews, Alan Bates, Max von Sydow, uh, Rupert Everett in a small role, and really that's all you really know. Oh yeah, also Matcha Merrill playing... A secretary, uh, secretary uh, a maid. A maid, yes. Oh, and featuring a very young, babby-looking Liam Neeson. Yep, that's the second canon movie he's been in here. And uh, our, our head canon is that it's the same character from Taken. No, oh. not in this one here, but only in the first movie, yeah. <laughs> this was this was his odd jobs in the summer. All right, so this movie is uh, based on a play. By one Tom Kapinski. Yes, and who's the, who's the director of the movie, Randy? Andrei Konchalovsky. Yes, I figured that would have been interesting to put in there. Yeah, this is a movie about a uh, violinist, played by Julie Andrews. Who has been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and uh, chronicles the life she goes through as she's pushing everybody away from herself. Yes, and uh, basically it's one of those movies where uh, somebody has a disease and things go downhill until they hit their lowest. And then the ending pops up, which may or may not be, uh, you know, reality, whatever. We'll get to that later. And uh, before we go on much further, this should be noted that this movie is based on a true story, uh, specifically uh, the life of cellist Jacqueline Dupre, mm -hmm. who was also diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, yeah. and her husband, conductor, Daniel Berenboim. And mm -hmm. it was only marginally fictionalized. It's only like a slightly fictionalized from what happened in real life. Jeez, I would figure uh, that guy would be a, a bit upset if it was closer to him, but... Yeah. Either way, yeah, this is, uh, this is one of Canon's more serious films. This one, I'm not going to say serious film, JD. It's straight up Oscar bait. It's Oscar bait. It's yeah. award bait. And they, it's put out on, most interestingly, December 25th, 2018. Sorry, uh, 1986. Yeah. And we're recording this. I'm going to let you know how far ahead, how far yeah, ahead thanks. we are right now. We're recording this on December 22nd, 2018. So... We watched this 30, almost 32 years after it premiered. That's a little neat little bit of trivia because we're not all usually this far ahead when we're recording. But we're, we're usually coming in hot by like a week or two. Yeah, but not this time. <laughs> so, Randy, uh, this was the Oscar bait movie. What did you think of the Oscar bait movie? I thought it was a perfectly fine uh, award uh, movie. That's For what it was, it was perfectly fine. It's serviceable, right? Yeah, it was serviceable. It was uh, actually better directed, better shot than, let's say, our last Oscar bait movie we watched with the... Also based on a play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this one didn't have the stagey... Or over... Have too much stagey uh, direction. It was... That one was felt like they just took the stage play and just put it in front of movie cameras. Yeah, it's, and this one felt like they, they actually adapted it, so... Well, you'd say it was a little one, bit more dynamic. This one was a two-hander, you said? Yeah, so in, in the stage parlance, it's just one... One male actor, one fe one sorry, one two actors playing mm -hmm. every role. Yes, and they go back and forth. 
which definitely couldn't have been done in the way the movie was filmed because they actually had multiple people interacting with so each other. So it's like in this case, it's probably... The, the movie itself is actually written by the the writer of the original play, so he probably elaborated further, probably took more from the life of the Jacqueline Dupree and, and yeah. kind of uh, blew it out a little bit more and went into a little yeah, bit more detail. Adapted it for a different medium, which is how it should be done, honestly. Which Sam Shepard didn't do with the other one we watched. No, Fool he Fool for Love. Yeah, that one, Fool for Love. With the uh, That one also had a, a weird thing with cheating, but this one didn't have the incest, so this one gets the, uh, the step up on that. So with that moving forward, J.D., mm-hmm. What's your highlight of this film? Probably Julie Andrews. I thought she did a great job. Yeah, Julie Andrews was actually nominated for a Golden Globe. Not an Oscar, just a Golden Globe, but yeah. didn't win. No. And I thought she was perfectly fine. I thought she did a, a phenomenal acting job. She carries in the film. entire movie. And she she had to, to. Car- and carry the, <laughs> the entire movie. Like, barring Julie Andrews, who was the next standout there beyond was, that? There wasn't. That's the thing. Liam Neeson. That's it. I mean, that was him just playing a gruff, uh, rude dude. Yeah, he wasn't in the majority of the movie either so she no, he was only in a sh- very short period where she was yeah. having an affair with him yeah there's a lot of that in this movie but yeah she she car- she carried the whole movie because it was based on her character and if she wasn't good in the role the movie wouldn't have worked at all but uh max fans stood out it was a pretty good uh pretty, did some pretty good acting as well in his mm-hmm. small role as the psychiatrist yeah he was like you said but but the- then again it's max von Sydow and he does most, good work so most of the characters other than her aren't in it all that much they're in it for like fits and spurts there's a reason why the the actors um in this film are very if you hear the actors names most of them you recognize mm-hmm. and that's because they they've worked a lot and they have they're, they're very well skilled so it's like when you see julie andrews max von Sydow, rupert everett that those are good mm. well-known actors in a sense well maybe not so much rupert everett anymore but yeah at the time for sure at the time into the 90s yes that aside then what didn't you like about the movie and not from the direction standpoint, but from a scripting standpoint, it was too stagey. It was just too much of, let's get these two people to, to talk at each other. Yeah, that's Not what, talk to each other, talk at each other. That's why I Mind said Mind you, several... there were some really yeah. good back and forth well, there were. discussions, but a lot of the film was just people yelling at each other. That's why I said several times, okay, that's how you know it's based on a play, because... Yeah, it, it, the, whenever you were taken out of the film, because it's like, no, this is a play. This is You could tell. Because this when isn't it, a movie. There are two characters who are interacting, and all of a sudden there's a, a slight pause. And when I was five years old, it, yeah, it's a point. No, no, it's more along the lines of me and you are having this conversation here, and then one of us gets uh, set off, and we start going from this tone of voice to Queen of the Harpies! Yeah, that's another Here's thing. your crown, your majesty! Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to interact like that. And then five seconds later... Yeah, we're good friends again. Yeah, it's like the, it's the melodramatic, like the back and forth, the over the top, some of the acting, repeatedly. and it happens repeatedly, and that's when you get taken out of the film because it's too stagey, not movie enough. Yeah, not cinematic enough. It's that's a difficult thing to pull off with with plays. I think. Which which um, makes sense because on the stage you want everything to be big actions, mm. big emoting because you're not face to face with them like you would be with a camera where you can be face to face with them. That's where there's not a lot of plays that make perfect transition to movies because that involves changing things quite a bit for the medium but this one they did a good job for the most part yeah, it's just I there's a several it points was very well done there's just several points where you, you you just like yeah yeah this was a play yeah it breaks your <laughs> suspension of disbelief you're like okay i'm not watching a film i'm watching a play yeah other than that though uh the movie was pretty well constructed it was enjoyable from uh, start to finish there weren't really any 
pacing issues. No, it was actually perfectly finely paced. Mm. And it was... Yeah, it, I, I walked away and did some prep work for the actual podcast mm-hmm. briefly, but it wasn't long. It was like maybe five, ten minutes. This, uh, this movie isn't very well known, I don't think. It no, it's, it's not a very well known movie. It didn't do well at the box office either. <laughs> I la- okay, so I not, it, the, the box office gross, according to Wikipedia, was $8,000. Yeah. 8736 to be exact. Yeah, if you think that, uh, what was her name, uh, Emma Watson movie from like, what, five years ago at this point, which made like $400 was bad, and that's in that mu- that that amount of time. I don't even know if this had a wide release. I, I don't see any references to it to being that wide of a release, but it was on Christmas Day, it's a United Kingdom movie, so it's a British movie, so for all we know, the it was released on Christmas Day just to get it out there for the award season like you would expect, yeah. and then that's it, but it's surely, Canon must have been angry after this with how much... Money must have gone into it. Just pay oh, the actors. I'm sure. They did not make their return on this movie, I can tell, just by. Well, in 87, I think there's there's more movies that are more serious like this, but I don't think after that you see too many of them. Uh, so it's probably because of the, the whole budget issue they had, but also because a lot of these stars also cost money, so they want to get cheaper people, you know what I mean? Cheaper people, yeah. Cut, cut back, which is a very canon thing to do, but I don't think there's anything about the movie itself that would cause it to not do well. I just think it probably came out at the wrong time, or again, it wasn't a. Came out at the use. wrong time, and then just uh, mm. to see would it could it have been hurt by the fact that the year before there was a television movie based on the exact same play. I'm not too sure that that from what I can tell follows the, the play very closely as well as the movie. I don't remember. Well, I remember TV movies from back in the day, but I don't remember exactly how popular they were on a, a scale because obviously you don't have box office receipts to go through and ratings didn't really matter that much considering there were only four channels and everybody watched them anyway but um i don't know if that would have affected it much because there's been multiple adaptions for other things including uh several movies we've already covered yeah but they i found they weren't so close so i was sent, i was just curious like maybe if this was affected it uh depends also on how close that adaption might have been it might have just literally been a stage performance because by all accounts uh the stage version of this play always does very well when it's put on that's probably why they made a movie of it yeah so it's like that's why somehow in its span of two years got a movie made by the same writer twice also it might have been um because of the same thing with fool for love is there was a lot of these types of stories plays maybe at the time yeah they're they're easier to make because it's like how much of our it depends on how you're going to adapt the film. It's like you can do as Fool for Love did, which was almost a straight-on theatrical staging as opposed to cinematic staging. Or you can get this one, which was more adapted for film. Yeah. But it's easier to make than going to, let's say, a completely original script. Yeah. Or an act, another action movie. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, it's in their known quantities. Okay, they do it does pretty well on the stage. Let's make this into a movie for a few million, see what we can get out of it. Hmm. Oh, we win some Oscars on it? That's even better because because Oscar buzz always equals money. Well, not necessarily equals money, but usually equals... Something. Attention. Attention, which Canon like. Canon is big on attention. And, um, yeah, the, the thing also is, like, I don't... Since we're not living in that time period, it's kind of difficult to say. Maybe there was a, a um, prejudice at the period for kind of plays made into movies. I don't know. Maybe they saw previews for it and said, oh, this is like that other one, Fool for Love, which a bunch of people yelling at each other about having sex with other people because, you know, cheating and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, because I, I, I don't live back in that time period, but it's possible there's a whole lot of reasons it could not have done that well. I, I so, let's wrap this one up a little bit. There's not much more we can say. So, not really. what would you rate this film? 
on a scale from one to five. Uh, five being the highest, one being the lowest. Well, there wasn't anything about the movie I did I outright hated, but there wasn't anything about the movie I outright loved either. At the same time, I can't say it was a poorly made film, and I can't say it uh, was it a poorly paced film either. So. I can't say it dragged me down either, but I can't say that the uh, the ending was just kind of. Eh, didn't really do anything for me. Maybe it was a stronger ending. I would have given it a high rating, but for as it is, I'm just going to give it a three. That's exactly how I feel about the film. It's just a three. It's not nothing spectacular. It's nothing awful. It's just mm-hmm. kind of there. It kind of fits the mold of, here's an Oscar movie. And a lot of Oscar movies will get well rated, but then you'll see it once and you'll never watch it again, never think about it again. And a lot of them really are kind of like threes or fours. Like Crash. Crash. Ugh. The or, one that, the, uh, that, don't get me started on Crash. Or yeah. A Beautiful Mind, which beat uh, Fellowship of the Rings for Picture of the Year. Um, was the last time anybody talk about that movie? I've, I've heard it come up a couple of times in like the last two or three years. Uh, and people still recommend to watch it because it actually is supposedly a very good movie. It's just... Sure I'm, it is, but... It, but most of a lot of it, I see it called back to people going Russell Crowe back in his heyday before he went crazy. <laughs> yeah, and this is before Julie Andrews went crazy. Okay, she didn't go crazy. I'm just trying to be funny. <laughs> right, he just rolled his eyes on that one. Yeah, sure, okay. So, yeah, it's a solid <laughs> three movie. It's Seek it out if you want. If you, you, you don't it, have I to. Mean, if you find it, give it a watch, but it's nothing all that great or special. It's just a fun But if movie. you want to see a very a very good performance from Julie Andrews, it is worth it watching it for that. Mm. What is it? Maybe if the ending was stronger, it kind of pulled it together because it kind of doesn't. It just kind of ends. No, the ending is just kind of a stage ending. It's That's how I find a lot of it's these just things. Like, like, yeah, it's, this is the... Uh, this might be a dream. This might be reality. And this is kind of the themes wrapping up. And roll credits. Yeah, three out of five. So, I uh, think that's all we have to say about this one, right? Yep, this is the end of the season. We'll yeah. be back. Uh, we'll do one more episode just to do our wrap-up. And right. then, uh, after that, we'll be taking a two-week break, meaning we're going to have t- two weeks of no episodes, and then we'll yeah. be back again for the next season. Yeah, we'll be back with uh, maybe a bit of a surprise. Yep, maybe a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not. Well, we'll see. But until then, everybody, I'm JD. And I'm Randy. And we're the Cannon Cruisers, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> We're Cannon Films, and we're Dynamite.